Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary on this Monday ahead of the Super Bowl. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Um, coming up, we are going to look at the storyline heading into Super Bowl 58, as well as get ready for the NBA trade deadline. As always, thank you so much for watching. If you are tuning in on YouTube, make sure you like this video and subscribe to the channel. If you're listening in audio format, uh, you can subscribe and leave a review. Apologies from, uh, I said you'd get five podcasts last week and uh, you didn't, so sorry, but uh, we had some family stuff come up here. Everything's fine. It was just, you know, we had to look after some stuff for a couple of days. So uh, that is why um, what eventually ended up being delayed just ended up not happening at all. So apologies. Um, hopefully we'll make up for it this week. Got a lot planned for the week leading up to the Super Bowl. As you, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, saw, uh, we're going to be talking some football and uh, yeah, going to be talking some NBA as well. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email this show, Diary at yahoo.com. All right, let's get into it and talk some NFL. It is the lead up to the Super Bowl. And I know this was not everyone's first choice for a Super Bowl. This is going to be a fun as heck Super Bowl. I know I can swear on these things, but you know, keep it PG, I guess. This is going to be so much fun. Um, you have on the one side, a Kansas City Chiefs team that like this was supposed to be the year they could get got, right? Like this was supposed to be the year that, well, and look, I was the one saying a lot of it. They don't have the playmakers on offense. Travis Kelsey is starting to break down. This team just doesn't have it. The defense carried them, and now Patrick Mahomes has stepped up in a couple of big games to lead his team back to his fourth Super Bowl in five years as a starter and six years as a pro. Taking on a San Francisco team that for a big chunk of this season, I was saying they were the most complete team in the NFL. And then I was saying they were the second most complete team in the NFL. So they've been on the podium all season long. There is not a glaring weakness on this football team, and yet they only find themselves as two to two and a half point favorites going into the Super Bowl. This is going to be so much fun breaking all of this down this week. But here's what's on the line. Obviously, you know, the Lombardi Trophy and, and all of that. But for for Patrick Mahomes, it is already rarefied air in just a sixth season. Three puts him in a different category. It ties him with Aikman, and it puts him behind Bradshaw, Montana, Brady. That's it. That's the list. Six seasons into his pro career, that's where he would be at. It is remarkable where he is at. And I'm going to say this right now, he's more talented than everyone I just said. What he is able to do with his legs, what he is able to do with his mind, and obviously the arm talent is spectacular. He is the most talented quarterback I have ever seen play this sport. And I've been alive for 34 years, and I've gone back and watched a lot of the old stuff as well. So I, I feel pretty good. In, in making this. No one has been more talented than this guy. Have there been better runners? Sure. Have there been guys with bigger arms? Yeah. Are there more cerebral dudes? Absolutely. But he puts them all together in ways no one else has been able to do. And now he is on the brink of what would be a truly historic start to your career. Like we look at Tom Brady as the GOAT. It was three and five for Brady. This would be technically three and six, but three and five as a starter for, for Patrick Mahomes. So he would be kind of on that path. And then we kind of forget because it came fast and furious at the end. There was that break in there where the Pats didn't really do a whole lot in terms of winning championships. We said before, you can break Brady's career in half and you have two Hall of Fame careers. 
but the, the the end of the first and the beginning of the second one don't start with a lot of Super Bowls. So Mahomes has some time in the middle here to, to catch up. But we are we are already talking about Patrick Mahomes as being one of the greatest of all time. And he's like 28 years old. This is an incredible run. And you're not supposed to be able to do this, right? He's been paid. He's got his money. You're not supposed to be able to put on this kind of a show um, with this and, and get these kind of results with your quarterback making that amount of money. But here he is, still doing it. Andy Reid, kind of the same conversation. Two, two is great. Obviously two, very, very good. That's two more than 99.99% of the world's population is ever going to win. But again, three, three gets you into a different room. Three's a different tier. Three is a different table. Three, whatever uh, metaphor you want to put on it, three opens a whole lot for you. Two, you're tied with nine guys at two Super Bowl wins. Three, all of a sudden you are with Gibbs, Walsh, Noel, Belichick. Again, end. That's it. That's the company that you are keeping. And for someone who for so long had the reputation, and we'll talk about this in a minute, of can't win the big one, poor clock management, blah, 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 blah. Um, and now look, a lot of it is he has Patrick Mahomes. And I don't know if we're going to have the same discussions of, well, is it Brady or is it Belichick? Because for a while, it was like Andy Reid was really good. He's been a really, really good coach his entire career. Um, but the, the the Eagles just couldn't quite get over the hump. And now he's got the quarterback and now he can get over the hump. So we don't have these same conversations. But still, this is one of the great coaches of this generation. And really one of the great offensive minds and coaches of all time. And now like three, given how good those Eagles teams were and weren't able to, to really get, um, get, get past, I mean, really the Patriots, but what was a murderer's row in the NFC at that time? When you look at teams like the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the giants popping in there every once in a while. Um, and, and those teams there. So you, you look at like the, the career for Andy Reid and it's like, yeah, Three feels appropriate given the success that he had year in and year out. And now, again, he is on the cusp of moving into rarefied air in the head coaching world. So that's what's on the line for Kansas City. Also with Kansas City, um, Travis Kelsey. Like, we are, we already know. He is probably on the tight end Mount Rushmore, right? Like, I would say probably him, Gronk, Sharp, um, and then probably Tony Gonzalez feels rude to leave Mike Ditka off, but it, it's just the, the, the positions evolved and stuff like that. But now this is a chance for three Super Bowls for him as well. And a chance to like do it one more time on a big stage where like Tony Gonzalez never really got that opportunity to Shannon Sharp did, but, um, that this is that opportunity to, to really cement yourself into kind of a, a rare error as well. On the San Francisco side, Shanahan is dealing with what Andy Reid had to deal with a while ago. Shanahan was the offensive coordinator when they lost 28, or they blew the 28-3 lead. He was the coach when the team was up 10 going into the fourth quarter against the Kansas City Chiefs. He is getting the reputation of not being able to win the big one and choking games away. They have two come from behind wins in this postseason that um, I don't think is going to limit those conversations, but it certainly helps, right? Like it, it definitely helps to, um, to to quiet things down. I always find the he can't win the big one conversation interesting as if the NFC Championship game is like playing Jacksonville in week two. Like, big game, big game. He was able to get his team back on track. Now, Brock Purdy helps, but this is... 
that this is a chance to, I guess, vindicate or justify or whatever so much of what this guy is. Because he is one of the great offensive minds of this time and one of the, the real dynamic playmakers and play callers in the history of the National Football League. It just... There have been times when it's come down to real important moments and uh, Reggie Miller documentary, we call it winning time, and it ends up being a bit of the... So, a chance that, like, Super Bowl just erases so much of that, right? Like, um, Peyton Manning couldn't win the big one, couldn't win the big one. Oh, hey, look at that, he won the big one. And then we just kind of shut up about it. Peyton might be a bad example. Uh, Breeze would probably be the best example of that, right? Like, like oh, can you win the, with this guy? Can you win with this guy? Oh, shit, guess you can. And then he didn't do a whole lot of winning after that, but we just, you know, he, yeah, no, one of the better quarterbacks of this generation. Uh, Peyton was a weird one, because like, oh, he can't win one, can't win one, can't win one. Oh, he won one. And then after a couple of years, it's like, yeah, he only won one, though. Um, th that one was very strange and it might be worth a, a look back at some point, but nonetheless, um, th this has been, th th this is something that I think Shanahan needs to get off of his plate now. And we'll see if he's able to do that coming up here on Sunday. It, it just, a, a win for San Francisco makes the resume for so many of these, so many of these players just seem for lack of a better term, makes it feel correct, right? Like Christian McCaffrey should have a Super Bowl. Um, George Kittle should have a Super Bowl. Debo Samuel should have a Super Bowl. Brandon Ayuk should have a Super Bowl. Bosa should. Warner should. Like all of these guys should be should have the 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 mantra at some point of Super Bowl champion. We'll see if they can do it on Sunday. But it just like for for all of these guys, like it just kind of rounds into form the whole resume and just makes it look correct. For Brock Purdy, it really turns this from being a cool story to being a movie. Right? Like, it, it turns you into Kurt Warner, basically. Mr. Irrelevant comes in in your second season. Like, first season, maybe you do get there if you don't get hurt. Second season, you get to the NFC Championship game. You win it in come-from-behind fashion. And now you're in the Super Bowl. And if he's able to win that, it just it's storybook for Brock Purdy. And a lot of people have been doubting what this kid can do. And it kind of puts an end to all of that as well. So that's... That's, that's what's on the line here. Um, just another one here. I think it's a chance to show a new face for Vegas on a big stage, right? Like, we know what Vegas is. But I think for far too long in, like, when they have a chance to show off themselves in these types of stages, it's the, the Wayne Newtons and it's the showgirls and it's like, it's more old Vegas, like some um, magician comes out and it's all of a sudden well, a dub's flying and a car behind your ear, right? Like it, I feel like Vegas puts on, obviously Vegas puts on an amazing show and no one is thinking that the peak of Vegas is the golden nugget or anything like that. But this is a chance to, to really show off the, 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 the 2020s version of Las Vegas, right? With like fan, like, updated Cirque and, and all of those things. So I'm, I'm interested to see the type of presentation that Las Vegas puts on for itself coming up here on Super Bowl Sunday. But we're going to have Super Bowl coverage here throughout the week as we get ready for the big game coming up on Sunday. Um, but before that, NBA trade deadline is coming up this week. And I think that there are a few teams that are really interesting and the pressure is on. Let's talk about them. All right, the NBA trade deadline is coming up on Thursday, and there are some teams that are, uh, to quote a, a number of songs, 
under pressure. So let's look at the top five teams that have the most pressure on them heading into this year's NBA trade deadline. At five, it's the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, I put them at five because this team has Shea Gilgis Alexander, who is playing at an all NBA level. And it really does seem like a lot of the pieces has come together for this to be a special type of a season. But they do need another big behind Chet and maybe even in front of Chet at times. Uh, Jakob Pertl kind of ate him up at times in that Raptors Thunder game that went double overtime the other night. I think they need another big, and I think you can't just be like, okay, well, this is found money. Well, we'll just do it again next year. You have a team that has an opportunity to be special, and you have a shitload of assets that would let you go out there and actually, you know, make a real run at this thing. So make a real run at this thing. That's why I put them at five, the, the pressure being on them. At four, it is the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Um, it, it's like, we don't know the at the time of this recording anyway. We don't know when Joel uh, Joel Embiid is going to be coming back, if he's going to be coming back this season or what effect what what type of a player he will be if he comes back. And it just it feels like such a waste of a season. And so now like I honestly some of the pressure is off of them to to do this, but I just think they are right there in the hunt and I think they owe it to Joel Embiid to still try to put the best team out there and if he is able to come back in the playoffs, give him a team that gives him the best chance of doing something here. So again, like the, these first couple, not a ton of pressure on them. It's just five was a nice number. Uh, at three, I think there's quite a bit of pressure here on the Sacramento Kings. And they are quite upset that they don't have an all-star represented this year in uh, the, the NBA's all-star game. But like they, they almost made it to the second round last year. They had a hell of a series with the Golden State Warriors. But it does seem like things are starting to flatline a little bit out in Sacramento right now. This has not been a particularly special season for the Kings. They have two guys now. Like, Fox has officially cemented himself as a dude. And Sabonis also is. You got those two guys. I think you owe it to those two guys to try to put the best team around them. And so, I think there's pressure on Sacramento to try to get something done here. At two... It's the Golden State Warriors. It has been a disaster season for Golden State. If the playoffs were to start today, it would not include the Golden State Warriors. And that includes the play-in. This has been an atrocious season. But Steph Curry has been balling out. So again, you owe it to Steph Curry. You cannot waste these final years of Curry's career in the National Basketball Association with just squeaking into 9th, 10th into these play-in games. This team has to, I think make a real big splash to try to kind of reset things here in Golden State and put yourself in a spot to make a legitimate push in the final few years of Steph Curry's career. The problem is they don't got a lot of bullets in the chamber to make that move. And at number one, it's the LA Lakers. LeBron James is posting um, or is is tweeting out different uh, emojis, talking about how frustrated he is, talking about how bad this team is. There's reports going out that the, 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 the Lakers may want to trade LeBron and let LeBron may want to be traded. I I do think there is a touch of smoke around that. Uh, not, not a ton, but I do think that there's some legitimate, I guess a better way of saying would be there's some legitimate fire around that smoke. And so I, I think that this is, the, the Lakers did a hell of a job at last year's trade deadline, but this team is still not good enough half-court offense. That was bad grammar, but you know what I mean? Not good enough with their half-court offense to be a legitimate threat. And LeBron is playing out of his mind. And AD is healthy 
They, they have had both those guys basically healthy this whole time. They have to take advantage of that, and they just haven't so far. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how they are able to do that now coming up here at the trade deadline. But I think there's a ton of pressure on the Lakers going into uh, this week's deadline. All right, that is going to do it for uh, Couch Potato Diary today. Like I said, we got a ton more NFL coming up. We got a ton more NBA. Um, also going to have some Calgary Flames talk this week and hoping to have uh, a fun announcement. I'm not going to Tony con this thing and say it's a big announcement coming, but I think it, it's fun for me and it's something that I'm excited for as we, we start to kind of grow this thing for real, for real. So um, if you want to be a part of the growth, you can like this video and subscribe to the channel. Leave a comment. That stuff really does help me out. Uh, if you are listening in podcast form, subscribe there as well and leave a review. Um, like I said, coming up on the show tomorrow, we're going to look at the X factors for the upcoming Super Bowl. Who are the players that are going to be uh, helping to decide this game? Not Patrick Mahomes. I think we got that one pretty well figured out. Um, so we're going to look at that. And we are also going to continue our look at the NBA trade deadline, uh, looking at the teams that are the most interesting heading into this deadline time. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKline, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email this show, Diary at yahoo.com. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and I'll talk to all y'all later.